Hello and welcome back to Have You Seen It? I'm Maggie and in this episode I have a crime drama from Ukraine to tell you about. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, so I'm pretty excited to talk about this new show with you guys. It is The Sniffer from Ukraine. The Ukrainian and Russian title is Neokuch. Really quickly, I do want to make a note that Netflix says this is a Russian show, but online it says the country of origin is Ukraine, which is why I said it was from Ukraine and not Russia. It does take place in Russia. I couldn't figure out where in Russia exactly. And I read online in a review of the show by Neil Kurtzman that the main reason they don't say exactly where it is located is because of the war going on between Ukraine and Russia. Ukraine has banned a lot of Russian television and movies from entering the country, while Russia has not done the same to Ukrainian shows and movies. I'm not sure why Ukraine would do a show based in Russia, but Neil mentions a couple reasons it's clearly set in Russia, one being the license plates. I had thought it was set in Russia as well before finding this review, but then I started to doubt myself, so I'm happy I found this. I do know that it was filmed in Kiev, Ukraine. So, Some fun facts about Ukraine. It has the second deepest metro station in the world, Arsenilna, which is on the Sivyatosoinsko-Brovarska line in Kiev. Its depth is 346 feet below the ground. There was a picture of the escalator in the website that I found, and just looking at it gave me so much anxiety. I have to imagine most people lean back while on it because it was, it just looking at it felt like I was falling forward. Another fun fact is the first gas lamp was invented in Lviv, which is located in the western part of the country near Poland. Now, I've been telling you guys geographically where each of these shows take place, so you have some sort of an idea where in the world we are while talking about the shows. But since I don't know where in Russia this show is based, and Russia is a big, big, big country, I'm going to tell you where Ukraine is located since it is a Ukrainian show. So Ukraine is in Western Europe, and it is surrounded by Belarus to the north, Russia to the northeast and east, Moldova, Romania, and the Black Sea to the south, and Hungary, Poland, and Slovakia to the west. Turkey, which remember is where the protector takes place, is separated from Ukraine by the Black Sea. I'm going to try to mention if any of the shows that I go over take place near each other because I think it's interesting, so... It was created by Artyom Litvinenka and is a film.ua production. It aired on ICTV in Ukraine and on One TV in Russia. There are three seasons available on Netflix, and each season has eight episodes, and they are all about 50 minutes each. The language spoken in it is Russian. There are audio alternatives in Spanish and Polish, and subtitles are available in English, Polish, Spanish, Thai, and closed caption Russian. Now, some disclaimers for this show are that there is some swearing according to the subtitles, and there are some scenes that some may consider gory. I personally don't think they were that bad, but they, some of them did make me go, oh shit, a couple of times. The links in the websites where I got the information for the show, the fun facts, and any other information that I did not use my memory for are going to be linked in the description of this episode, as well as in the caption for the post that I made for the show on Instagram. Now for the cast, there aren't many to mention for this show, so let's just go right through them. The most important character is the one that the whole show is about, and that is the Sniffer. That's his name. Well, that's obviously not his name. His parents didn't name him the Sniffer. But we don't ever find out what his real name is. 
they do make a reference a couple of times to what it is, and they say it's a funny name. I mean, that could mean anything. But the sniffer is played by Estonian actor Karel Karo. He, as you can guess from the name of the character, has a great sense of smell, like an incredible sense of smell. The next character that is important is Victor. Victor Lebedev is a major in the SBI, which stands for Special Bureau of Investigations. He and the sniffer have been friends since they were kids, and he seems to be the only one that can handle the personality of the sniffer. And when you watch the show, you know what I'm talking about. But Victor is also a ladies' man and at times gets distracted by some women while working the different cases. And he's played by Ivan Oganiashan. Victor's boss is the general. I'm not sure if we ever find out what his name is, but they just call him the general, and I couldn't find a name for him online. But he's played by Nikolai Chindiikin. Now for the Sniffer's family, we have his ex, Yulia, who's played by Maria Anikinava. And when I tell you this lady is absolutely insane, I mean, this bitch is crazy. There is nothing I can say to justify just how crazy she is to you. You need to watch it, and trust me, you'll agree. Like, she's clinically insane. Next is the sniffer's son, Alex, who's played by Sergi Leskov and is your typical teenager with an attitude problem. Though with parents like his, I'm surprised he isn't worse. Now we have a couple other characters that pop up throughout the show. We have Tatiana Voskrisenskaya, who is an air, nose, and throat doctor that the sniffer ends up being forced to go see by Victor. And she is played by Nina Gagaiva. One of the other agents that works with Victor that we know his name is Maxim, and he is played by Alexei Zorin. Another agent that we don't know the name of, but is in every episode as well, is played by Stanislav Moskvin, and he's the guy that takes pictures of the crime scenes. He's credited as the ballistics expert, but he's more just like the crime scene photographer, but I wanted to mention him because he hates the sniffer. The sniffer makes everyone wait before going into the crime scene till after he's done so that their smells don't interfere with this work. And this absolutely irritates the hell out of this guy. I think it's kind of funny, but I wanted to make sure I mentioned him. And the last one I'll mention is Jenna, who is played by Denis Martinov. And he's a tech guy that's first brought in and is questioned for stealing money from ATM machines. I actually do want to mention a character that pops up in the second season really quickly as well. Irina Nordin joins the team in the second season as the coroner. She is played by Agin Grudait. There are more agents that you see in these episodes, but we don't really know their names, and they don't really play that big of a role to mention them. And these are the 10 characters that you see the most, and the show focuses on the most as well. Now, as far as the plot goes, I'm not going to go over the entire first episode like I've been doing. This is another show that for the most part is focusing on a different case every episode, but I am going to go over how we meet the characters the first time, which takes place over the first half of the first episode. I mentioned some things about the case that take place in the episode, but I'm not going to give away too much. But the Netflix description is, An extraordinary sense of smell gives a crime investigator unique insight into solving mysteries, but his gift takes a toll on his personal life. And it was enough to get me interested enough to try it out, and I'm glad that I did. I remember I was in the mood to watch a cop show anyways when I found this one, which if you have ever looked at the international TV selection on Netflix, you will know that there are plenty of crime options available. And it was the first Russian show that I had come across, and my goal is to watch as many shows from as many different countries as I can, so I gave it a go. Now remember, it's actually a Ukrainian show, but I didn't know that when I started it. But anyways, the first time we meet the sniffer is at an airport in Dusseldorf, Germany. He is on his way home. 
We don't know why he's there, but we see him as he's coming into the airport and is walking past people. And with every person that passes him, he makes a face of like disgust. And then we see him on the plane and he's trying to get comfortable and he's kind of wiggling around. And, you know, if you've sat on an airplane, you know how uncomfortable those seats are. But he's still making those faces as people like find their seats. But then the flight attendant comes up and asks if he wants a fresh newspaper. And he says yes. And after taking it from her, he takes out the filter that he wears in his nose and takes a sniff of the newspaper and is surprised that it's actually fresh. But as he's reading the newspaper, he catches a whiff of the smell of a bomb. And we know that it's a bomb because we see the flashes of the bomb being placed in the cast that's on someone's arm. Then we see the man that has the cast on his arm walk past the sniffer. And as he walks past him, the sniffer kind of turns and watches him sit in his seat. And then he hits the call button. And the flight attendant comes over and asks how she can help. And he tells her that he needs to speak to the captain. And she says that's not possible because they are preparing the plane for takeoff. And the sniffer, who looks annoyed at the response, in fairness, he looks annoyed at every person this entire show. But he says he needs to talk to the captain because there's a terrorist with a bomb on the plane and they won't make it to takeoff if she doesn't go get him. And she quickly leaves to go get the captain. And then they come back and the captain tells him that he's listening. And the sniffer tells him everything that he just told the flight attendant. And the captain asks how he knows this, and the sniffer tells him that the smell cannot be mistaken for anything else. The captain looks over at the flight attendant like, this dude is crazy. And then he turns to the sniffer and goes, are you saying that you smelt it? And then the sniffer sighs and says that he did, just like he can tell that those two had sex in the cockpit about 30 to 40 minutes earlier. And they both look down like, damn. And then the captain just goes, we'll get someone. And then they quickly leave. Like, how embarrassing is that? Then we see the sniffer driving in his red Mustang while listening to the news coverage of what happened on the radio. And this is where we find out that he was in Germany, but the local police took all the credit for stopping the attack. And the sniffer just scoffs and goes, yeah, local police. And then he goes to his house, which I'll talk about in a little bit because it's absolutely insane. But after the sniffer, we meet Victor. And when we meet him, he's chasing a guy through an abandoned building. And as he's chasing him, the guy falls through a piece of plywood that's on the ground. But he's able to catch himself on some wire that was laying across that part of the ground. And Victor goes over and tries to help him, but the guy ends up falling to the floor and he falls on some rebar wires that were sticking out of the ground and he dies. And Victor kind of just sighs like, man. But then it goes back to the sniffer who's in his apartment. I say apartment. I'm pretty sure he owns the whole building. Uh, He is definitely the only one that uses the parking garage. And he has a special key that allows the elevator to go up to his apartment. And I know there are some people that are going to say, well, that doesn't mean he's the only one that lives there. And I agree. But later in the show, you see that the elevator itself is specially designed by him to help prevent as much outside smell from getting into his apartment as possible. And I don't see other people dealing with that because it looked really, really annoying. So maybe it's just a special elevator for him, but I still think that he owns the whole building. His home also has an air filtration system in it, and we see him turn it on when the show goes back to him after we first meet Victor. But while he's standing by the window looking out at the undisclosed Russian city he lives in, he gets a phone call from his ex, Yulia. And she's calling because their son Alex's school called, telling them that they found drugs on him and that they need to go meet with the principal. 
And the sniffer goes, and when he gets there, the principal told him that he caught Alex and three other boys smoking marijuana behind the school. And then he pulls out the bag of marijuana that he found on Alex. And to be honest, it looks more like a bag of oregano. But the sniffer has this kit with him, and he opens it, and he puts on some gloves before he takes the baggie. And he asks where the other three boys are, and the principal tells him that they're in chemistry class, but not to worry because they'll be punished as well. And then the sniffer smells the baggie and tells the principal that the baggie doesn't belong to Alex. It belongs to someone else. But Alex quickly says, no, it does belong to me. And the principal's kind of like, aha, you admit it finally. And then the sniffer goes to leave the room. But as he's about to leave, Yulia shows up and she immediately goes over to Alex and starts looking for the needle marks on his arms, pulling up the sleeves on his arms and stuff. And the sniffer tells her that he only smoked a little bit of marijuana and that she needs to calm down. And then she says that this is all his fault for giving into Alex and giving Alex everything that he wants. And the sniffer just kind of rolls his eyes and leaves the room. And then the principal and Yulia are both chasing after him. And the principal's telling him that he can't go into the class and that he'll call the police. But the sniffer's like, go ahead, you'll need to do that anyways. And then he goes into the chemistry class and he's able to smell which student the baggie actually belongs to. And he opens the backpack and he's like, does this belong to you? Never mind, I already know it. And then he pulls out more bags of oregano and the kid kind of is like and then before leaving the classroom he makes fun of the kid for having like bad quality marijuana which like I mean that makes sense because it's oregano but as the three of them are leaving the school Yulia says the sniffer is to blame again she keeps kind of going back to it and then she's like me and you will speak later Alex and she goes back to work and Alex tells his dad to never interfere with his business like that again and I don't know if that's actually what he said, because again, I don't speak Russian, but that's what the translation was in the, in the subtitles. And I can't imagine ever speaking like that to my parents, but he, that's what he said. Meanwhile, when this is all happening, Victor is still working the case that we see him first working. And him and another officer, Maxim, are going over where they think the man that they're after, Levashev, could be. And Victor's saying that he thinks he's on a beach somewhere with a beautiful woman and all the money he stole. And as they're talking about how he got out of the country, Victor gets a call that Levashev is dead. And then we see him at Levashev's apartment and he's asking the officers on scene if they were able to get any evidence. And they both say no. This is the first time we meet that ballistics expert slash crime scene photographer. But they both say no, there's no trace of anything. There's no fingerprints. There's no nothing. The place is completely clean. And Victor kind of like walks into like the front hallway of the apartment and he's kind of like, hmm, no evidence, no fingerprints. And then he kind of like looks into space a little bit. And uh, that's when he calls the sniffer. And then we see the sniffer arrive at the crime scene. And Victor asked him how his trip was and if whoever he met there was able to recruit him. And the sniffer, who's a little bit more on edge than usual because he's on edge all the time, is like, oh, don't worry, you'd be the first person I would tell if, if they were able to recruit me. And Victor is like, okay, did something happen, like, with the trip? And then the sniffer's like, oh, it was a private trip, which is something that I deserve. And Victor's like, ah, something's wrong with your family. And the sniffer kind of nods his head, and then Victor asks if it's Alex, and the sniffer doesn't say anything. He kind of just walks away, and he walks into the room where they found the body. The body's no longer there now. But as he stands... In the middle of the room, he takes a breath, kind of like he does every time. He'll, like, he'll do the same thing every time. And this is the first time we see how he visualizes the smells. And basically, the smells are like smoke. 
you know, that's how they visualize it for us to understand what he's smelling. It's kind of moving around the room and it, it forms an outline of Levashuf and we see him drinking a cup of coffee and the sniffer tells Victor that he died of digacin, which is a medicine that helps with irregular heartbeats and it helps treat heart failure, but when given too much, it causes the heart to stop beating. And then the sniffer follows the smells and now he's smelling the scent of another man that was in the apartment with the deceased. And as he moves around the apartment following the smell, he's giving Victor some information about the man that basic evidence wouldn't be able to provide. Like, for example, one of the things he tells Victor is the amount of money that the man took from the apartment and the exact printing press in Berlin that the money was printed at. And the last thing he mentioned to him was that the guy was at some sauna, which, like, normal evidence wouldn't be able to tell you that this guy had been at a sauna because he was trying to quit smoking. You know what I mean? But as they're leaving the scene, Victor brings up Alex again, and as the sniffer is telling him about what happened with Alex and everything, a cat jumps down on the sniffer, and he starts freaking out. And Victor dramatically jumps into action, and I'm saying that with, like, quotations around it because it is so dumb. Like, he acts like the sniffer just got shot or something. But anyways, he jumps into action to help his friend, and he gets the cat off the sniffer, who's not happy, and he's like, I hate those stupid things. And Victor's, like, just holding the cat, who's, like, now super chill in his arms. And he's just like, oh, okay. But we find out pretty quickly why the sniffer's not happy. And it's because he's allergic to cats. And after he runs out of that apartment building, we see him rushing into his house, clearly still upset. And as soon as he gets inside, he goes over to a cabinet and he takes out some drops for his nose. And he's trying to, like, he's, like, still mumbling to himself about the cat. And then Victor calls and he's asking him a question about the case and the sniffer kind of snaps at him while giving him an answer. And Victor asks if he's joking and the sniffer again snaps at him and he's like, I'm dying from these allergies and you're asking me dumb questions. And if you've gotten the feeling that the sniffer's not a people person, you would be absolutely 100% correct. He is what some of us would call an asshole. But the next day, Victor calls him and asks how his nose is, and the sniffer says that it's fine. And then Victor tells him that he found him a good doctor that will look at his nose, and he'll be at his place in 20 minutes to pick him up for the appointment. I'm sure you can figure out how the sniffer reacted. He was not happy about it. At first, he's not happy about the fact that the doctor is a woman. Like I said, he's an asshole. He goes, she, and Victor goes, yes, she, and she is a specialist. And then the sniffer goes off about how much he doesn't like specialists. And he says they do the same thing every time and it never works. The medicine never works. But the reason I'm telling you this is because this is how we meet Tatiana, who I mentioned earlier in the cast list. Before the sniffer goes into her office, we see Victor and him arrive at the building and they're kind of making their way up. And he's still complaining. Victor tells him, just meet her. If you don't like her, you can blacklist her. And the sniffer's like shaking his head and... You know, he's an asshole, so just imagine that. But as they're standing there outside of her office, Victor gets a call that has to do with the case, so he leaves the sniffer there by himself, and then the sniffer goes into her office. The first part of the appointment is exactly what he says it will be. She checks his nose, she says, you know, whatever she says, and of course, he's an asshole about it. And he cuts her off and he mentions the medicine that she's probably going to give him because that's what all the other doctors have given him. And she kind of is like, actually, that medicine has caused a very pronounced hypertrophy of the olfactory epithelium, which 
I don't know exactly what that is. I tried to look it up and I couldn't find anything. But I think it's just damage to the skin inside the nose. But the sniffer seems a little impressed by that. And then she follows it up by saying that she can tell he also puts round things in his nose and asks if it's a pen or pencil, which he doesn't seem to like because he takes a sniff of her, which is just, it's so weird when he does that. But he then rifles off facts about her and she just goes, so it's true what they say about you. And he's just sitting there like all smug. She then asks what he's allergic to. And instead of just telling her, he says the chemical breakdown because again, he's an asshole. And he can't just answer like a normal person. He needs to prove that he's smarter than her. But Tatiana knows that it means feline pheromone. And again, he seems impressed with her. She then makes him like breathe in this medicine for like 10 minutes. And he asks her what it is. She says it's a secret. He says not for me because again, he's arrogant. And he picks it up and he smells it. And he can figure out everything but one ingredient. He can tell it's a tropical fruit, but he can't tell exactly what it is. Which drives him crazy, so he ends up stealing some when she walks out of the room so he can figure it out at the lab that he has at his home, because that's right, he has his own lab at home. But the rest of the episode is Victor working on the case and the sniffer helping him, and Yulia is at her house searching for drugs that Alex might have somewhere hidden there. But those are the main characters and how we meet them. I know I mentioned a couple others like the general, but we just meet him the normal way you would meet someone in charge of the police. You know, the officer's reporting on the case. He calls uh, Victor into his office. And the rest of the show is mostly different cases. It's like most cop shows here in the U.S. And as cool as it is seeing the sniffer solve all these different crimes with his nose, for me personally, it's the underlining storylines that I thought were the best part of the show. And of course, there's tons of spoilers involved in that, so I can't really go into it. But the first season doesn't necessarily have an amazing underlining storyline that goes all the way through the show, but it is definitely setting up things that happen in the next two seasons. And the underlining storyline in the second season is my favorite, and I really wish I could talk about it because I could probably talk about it for days. The storyline in the third is good, but in my opinion, the second season is the best. But like I said, those all carry spoilers, so I can't talk about them, so I will leave it at that. But now let's talk about what I liked and didn't like about the show. This show has one of my favorite episodes of any show ever. I can't tell you what happens in it because it's the second season finale, but oh my god, it was amazing. I don't think I've ever been so focused and so honed in to a show in my life. Like the, it, It's absolutely an amazing episode. My favorite of the three seasons is, as you can probably guess, the second one because of the storylines that carry throughout the seasons that I just talked about. There are two different ones that are happening, and one is interesting, and the other one is just insane. Like, it's absolutely insane. And the way they both come to an end in the final episode of that season is the reason it's my favorite episode, like I just mentioned, but it's absolutely wild. If you like shows like Monk, The Mentalist, Numbers, or any of those cop shows where they solve cases in an unorthodox way, then you will absolutely love this show. The whole idea of him having this sense of smell is a bit weird, and at first I wasn't really a fan, but the more I watched, the more I became absolutely obsessed. I think I watched all three seasons on my two days off, like, no sleep, just watched them all. And even though I loved the show, some of the acting wasn't that great. It's mostly the actors that are only there for an episode or two, so it's not something that happens every episode, but yeah, some of the 
some of the acting's not that good. But for me, really, that's like the only thing that I didn't like about the show. And as far as any cultural differences, there was really only one thing that stood out to me, and it was that they wore their wedding rings on their right hands. Now, when it comes to the familiar faces part of this episode, I didn't recognize any of the actors in this show, but the main guy, Kirill Caro, who plays the sniffer, he looks exactly like Hugh Laurie. And I think they make a reference to it in the show during the second season, but like I was watching it and I'm like, why does this guy look so familiar? And then it was like, oh my God, he looks, he looks like House. That's what it is. He looks like Hugh Laurie and he looks exactly like Hugh Laurie. Um, there were a couple others that looked familiar, but they weren't who I thought they were. Once again, if you recognize anybody, let me know. Now, before I go, I have a total of nine words and phrases for you guys. This was one of the easier languages for me to pick up, and I also was paying extra attention because, you know, we might all be speaking Russian soon, so why not start learning now? But when it comes to spelling these words, I'm going to spell them using the Latin alphabet, and I'll have them written in the Russian alphabet on the Instagram post if you are interested in seeing them written the proper way. But the first word is pravat, spelled P-R-I-V-E-T, and it means hi, not hello, just hi. I actually think it means regards technically, but it was translated as high in the show, and it does pop up as high when you Google what it means, so we're going to go with that. The next one is the first word that I picked up while watching this show, and it is spasibo, which is spelled S-P-A-S-I-B-O, spasibo, and it means thanks, again, an informal word that you wouldn't use in an interview, but if someone holds the door open for you, feel free to have some manners and throw a quick spasibo their way. Now, I do want to say I know it ends in an O, but it is pronounced like an A, spasiba. And if you hold the door open for someone who just walks through and says nothing, then you can loudly say pasharusta at them so they know they were rude for not saying spasiba in the first place. And pasharusta means you're welcome for those that didn't figure that out. And it is spelled P-O-Z-H-A-L-U-Y-S-T-A, pasharusta. Next, we have the phrase prestimenya, which means forgive me, and it is spelled P-R-O-S-T-I space M-E-N-Y-A, prestimenya. Then we have the word for murderer, which is ubitsa, and it is spelled U-B-I-Y-S-T-A, and it makes sense that I was able to pick up this word because it's a cop show where they solve murderers, but again, it's ubitsa for murderer. Next is the word shirt, which is spelt C-H-E-R-T, and it was translated in the show as meaning dam, not the structure used to hold back water, but the exclamatory word. Online it says that it means heck, but it was said by a bunch of adults, and part of me just doesn't believe that would be the word choice that most adults mutter to themselves. Uh, I mean, it could be, but I just don't think so, so we're going to go with dam. But the next word is niet, which is spelt N-E-T, and it means no which should not be confused with the Russian word no, which is spelled N-O, which means but, not B-U-T-T, but, but the word but, B-U-T. And if you take three of the words I mentioned, you can say the phrase spasiba non yet, which means thanks, but no, which is the phrase that I understood when watching the Israeli show Masad 101. If you remember in that episode, I mentioned that I understood something that one of the characters said when she was speaking in Russian. This is it. Spasibo non yet. Thanks, but no. And I like freaked out because I understood what she was saying without actually like reading the subtitles. I know that was a lot of words and phrases, not as much as last episode. But like I said, we should 
probably I'll be learning at least a little bit of Russian, you know, just in case, you know, better, better safe than sorry, right? And really quickly, before I wrap this episode up, there is a fourth season that has already aired in 2019, but is not yet available on Netflix. I do not know when it will be available, but as soon as it is, I will let you guys know on Instagram. I also think it's the last season of the show, and that's according to, like, the actors that I follow on Instagram. They have all been treating it like it's the last season, so I'm not expecting a fifth. If there is an update about that, then I will definitely let you guys know, like I said. As always, you can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at OfficialHYSI. There's also a Facebook page that you can go and like. Just type in Facebook.com slash OfficialHYSI. Give the page a like. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you find the show interesting enough to give it a chance. Like I said, it was really, really good. If you do give it a chance, let me know what you thought of it. If you have any suggestions for any shows you would like me to watch, just let me know and I will give them a try. Next episode, I will be talking about the South African crime action thriller, Shadow. Have you seen it? Because I have.